yourself, have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? We'll be the baby of the Hello and welcome back to the Turbo Team Podcast. Tonight you are in for a good one. It is the first ever edition of the Turbies. The Turbies 2021. I'm your host, Jake Brand. With me today, Ben Neeson, as always, just looking incredibly dressed up, looking incredibly spiffy. How are you, Ben? Uh, it's so nice of you to uh, admire my appearance like you are jake that's uh i'm very gracious of that i really put lots of effort into how i look and i'm glad that someone notices check out the uh check out the twitter for to everyone's outfits for tonight's turby awards we're all looking spiffy all of us yeah for context check out the turbo team pod on twitter and with me he just talked before i introduced him the unforgivable sin alex powell how are you doing alex <laughs> chilling man you know me How's the how's the how's the suit and tie? Now that I got my Shut suit up. and tie, oh! And I thought you were gonna thought you were gonna sing mirrors instead. Like a mirror, whoa! It's a joke, you don't actually have to. My mirrors are making okay, me. Cool. Okay, cool. Stop singing. We're going. <laughs> Thank you, Justin Timberlake, you. for introducing the turby. <laughs> As everyone knows, this week is the first ever edition of the Turbies. Um, Sunday is the like 93rd Oscars or something like that. Maybe it's more than that. It really Who cares. I don't, it's only only thing that matters is that it's the first Turbies. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It matters to me now. But we are going to make a little fun out of one of the biggest days. I guess probably the biggest day in the entire year of movies by creating our own little award show, but we're also going to be basing them off of the Oscar nomination. So I say we get right into it. Our first category, we're just going to read off all the nominations first. Uh, our first category is going to be the Caleb Went Award that's going to the best lead actor. And the nominations in this category go to Riz Ahmed in The Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yuen in Minari. Squeeze our boy. In, shout out the Stephen Yuen f- fan page if they are still following <laughs> the Routine Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate your viewership. So, Ben, we're going to go to you for the first ever Turby. Of course, it's the Caleb Went Award. Ben, to you and yours, who is your pick for best lead actor? All right, me and mine for the Caleb Went Award is going to Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I think he kills it as Levy. There's so much emotion seeping through his performance, like pride, anger, hope, despair. He has it all. The wide range of emotions and personality he gives throughout the film are wild to track. Uh, gliding with swagger with his new shoes as well as bringing everything to the surface as he curses Cutler's God and crumbling when he loses his opportunity of making a name for himself. That's my choice. Very dramatic reading. 
Hey man, I typed this stuff out. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get some performance behind it. Congratulations to Wait, Chad you go over, on his first. You go over best lead actor, what, bro? So yes. Alex, I'll go to you next. Who is your pick for the best lead actor? My pick for the first annual uh, Caleb Wenton Award going to the best lead actor in a motion picture at the 2021 Turbies goes to Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Um, I think Riz Ahmed's performance in this is really, really powerful. I think it's, I think it's, it was a hard performance, and I think he killed it. And a lot of people wouldn't have done as good of a job as he did in that role, especially as a guy that really doesn't get lead roles a lot. I think he was fantastic in it. He was the main character. You know, there was three main. It was him, his girlfriend, and the guy that worked at the at the deaf, you know, school or whatever. There's three of them, and he he had. 95 percent of the lines and he absolutely killed it chadwick boseman was really good in my rainies i thought riz ahmed was phenomenal in sound of metal um easily my uh best uh my caleb went award for best male actor um in a leading role in the 2021 turbies all right we disagree but to you and yours you and yours you and yours (laughs) and as the final turby to hand out for the category and Caleb went. It's going to go to the popper. Uh, just kidding. It's going to go <laughs> Chadwick Boseman and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh. Me, an emotional performance that carried the film, in my own opinion, as a play. It obviously needed a huge performance from its actresses and actors, and Boseman delivered. Boseman showed a poise, specifically in two different monologue scenes about his dark past that made you empathize with someone who, in all honesty, was kind of a scumbag. But he, through his emotion, he was able to show just his background in a very emotional way. He led the way with not only his emotions, but also his facial expressions, saving the best performance of his life for last. Rest in peace, Chadwick. Wakanda forever. Ibombe. So come on, come on, man! Come on, man! I didn't go. I didn't go that far with it, but Jake wanted to. So, <laughs> oh, God, <the> so <laughs> now that we all gave out the Kirby for Caleb went, uh, Alex, the most fucking thirty-five-year-old millennial should I've ever seen. <laughs> that was that was well timed. Chadwick, Wakanda forever. I didn't really appreciate that. Why'd you say, why'd you say honesty, that like Liam Neeson? <laughs> in all honesty, Chadwick probably hates Wakanda forever just because of how much he was asked to do it by everyone. It's like, yeah, did have you, you ever see that picture of him? I've seen those. At like, yeah, some, yeah. like elementary school and they're like doing the Wakanda forever and he just looks so disheveled. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, totally. So, so now that we've given out our awards, does Alex want to kind of argue against us, or, or are you pretty content with with either of those picks? With being the loser in the scenario, um, I think I kind of made my point on the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom episode. Go check it out. I think it was like three episodes ago or whatever. <laughs> um, I think Chadwick had a good performance. I think that monologue he had was really, really good. But I thought, as far as a more consistent performance, I thought Riz Ahmed's was better. Um, I, I think that one monologue was probably better than any mo- single moment in Sound of Metal by Riz Ahmed. But as a whole performance, I think Riz Ahmed's was better. I think Riz Ahmed's was a lot harder of a performance to do just because you need to act like it's a, it's a performance where you need to accurately portray 
the character otherwise, you know, is going to look tacky and whatever. And I think he kills it. Um, it's so realistic. It's so heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. And it was amazing for me. I, I didn't even, like, I remember when we like agreed to watch that movie and I was like, eh, this doesn't look that good. And I watched it. And I was like, this was incredible. And uh, yeah. so I, I think easily for me, it's Riz Ahmed. Second, actually probably I have a tie for a second between, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins and Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah, I think, I'm, I think that speaks more for how good Anthony Hopkins was than how bad Chadwick Boseman was, but that's not <laughs> how bad he was, but not bad, but like, not as good like, I think Anthony play. Hopkins performance was a lot more underrated than people think. Anthony Hopkins killed it. He was my second pick for this. He, yeah. when I was looking back on the film, I was just remembering so many scenes, especially on that back half where he just breaks down and it's like awful. Yeah. But I mean, I can see totally where you're coming from with the Riz Ahmed pick. It just personally, it's not my thing for being up there totally. I understand how subtle and understated his performance is and how those little quirks and um, just character traits make the performance. But personally, I just saw Chadwick as the winner here. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly how I feel. And I think it was a very good role. Or I guess a very good year for all actors in a leading role. Um, obviously, I didn't feel too strongly about Gary Oldman, but the other four picks I thought were all uh, very, very good. But al- although I do think Chadwick stands a little bit in front of Hopkins and Riz Ahmed, Hopkins and Ahmed could have won in a lot of other years. They they were that good, and I I think Hopkins definitely deserves his due diligence in that regard. Fair. So moving on to our next category, which is the Sally from Barry Award going to the Best Lead Actress. And the nominees in this category are Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day in the United States in the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand in Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Ben, will go to you again first. All right, I'm going to pick up right where you dropped off. I'm saying my leading actress award is going to Carrie Mulligan. And promising young woman. Yep. Uh, Her performance has really grown on me since the time that we initially watched it. Um, You really believe her as this brutally pessimistic person who is solely driven by exposing predators, her mission consuming the entirety of her life. Uh, and it's it's tragic to watch, especially when her rough cynicism begins to open up to eighth grade guy um, only to be betrayed her only to betray her last chance of moving past the trajectory that her life was heading towards. Um, but yeah, watching it a second time, the layers of her personality and the layers in which she decided to show and conceal all come across in flying colors. I did not see that one coming. I, I loved Carrie Mulligan in that role. And I thought that that was one of the most not enjoyable movies of the year, but in a, in a way it was enjoyable while also being very, very impactful. Alex would be interested to see what you go with for the Sally from Barry Award. Um, before we begin, a couple of things. Number one, I think this is a really, really underrated category at the Oscars this year. I think there's a lot. I think all these nominees are really good. The three I've seen, Viola Davis, Francis McDormand, and Carey Mulligan, really good. I heard Andre Day is really like phenomenal in United States for Billy Holiday. I haven't heard anything about Vanessa Kirby. I'm sure she's good in it, too. Obviously, she deserved the award. So I think this is a really strong category this year. Thinking back on it, I did really like uh, Promising Young Women. I think that's a fun film in a way. You know, there's a lot to like about it. Um, it's dark, but I think 
there's a, there's a way about it that it keeps you engaged. I think it's a really good film. That being said, my pick for the Sally from Barry Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role for the 2021 First Annual uh, Turbies is Frances McDormand from Nomadland. Um, I think she kills it. I think a movie where she's really the only true actor in it besides her love interest. I think his name was like Dave or something like that. Um, she's surrounded by real nomads. And like, if you didn't know who Frances McDormand was, you'd think she was a real nomad. You know, she... She killed it. It was so believable and so real and so emotional. And you really felt while she was a fictional character, she felt like a real person. You felt like the things she went through in her life were real things. When she walks back to her house and it's all, you see this whole abandoned neighborhood and she's just viewing her house and she's, you see this backyard that she, you know, was uh, describing in like two scenes before and you see it in person. You're like, wow, that's incredible. And you just feel this real and rawness from her character. And Frances McDormand is one of the most underrated, underrated actors or actresses in Hollywood. She fucking nailed it with this role. I, this might be my favorite role of hers. I've seen a, quite a bit of her movies. This is my favorite role of hers by far. Have you seen a, uh... Have you seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? I haven't yet. I heard that's really good. I need to watch that. My mom watch liked that. that so, um, but Francis McDormand blew me away with this performance. One of my favorite performances of all time. It, it's incredible. I, I think she easily wins this award in a very, very strong category this year. Jake, how about you? Okay. So my pick, my Turby for the Sally from Barry Award going to the best lead actress is also going to Francis McDormand. The friend of the Turbo Team podcast who appeared in a lot of films this year that we reviewed saved arguably the best performance of her life for Nomadland. The interaction that she has with real people is just incredible. And she seems like the only real actress in the film. And if you don't get that, it's because she pretty much is. The humility that she portrays as a personality that is so unique and so interesting in the relationships that she has between real people and her family members. She portrays it in such a dramatic way that was able to bring such a unique story to the big screen. McDormand, everyone knew coming into this year that Nomadland was going, going to be one of the most sought after films and McDormand did not let down at all. So I'm going with Francis McDormand and agreeing with Alex as she's getting my Turby. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I I honestly like this was probably the hardest pick for me choosing between Mulligan and McDormand just because I thought Carrie Mulligan's performance was so was so good and promising young woman but I think that um so much of that was also in relation to Bo Burnham where I think that Mc, you could have put any random 15 actors in Nomadland and I think Mulligan's performance would have been equally as good that's that's how much she carried um, the film, in my opinion. I think, as far yeah. as the movie, as far as the movies that I've seen in here, I think clearly the top two are Mulligan and McDormand. That's no slight to Viola Davis at all. Viola Davis is very, very good. In Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You know, in a bad year, she would win this award. You know, but I think that speaks how strong this category is this year. She's a very, very strong third. I, I, I really want to see United States versus Billy, Billy Holiday just to see Andre Day's performance. Um, but as far as the three, I've seen very, very strong category. Nice. Oh, our um, next category. Sorry, Ben, I cut you off. No, that was it. <laughs> our next category is the J.K. Simmons and any Damien Chazelle film award, which goes to the best supporting actor. And the nominations 
In this category are Sasha Baron Conan in The Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, Lakeith Stanfield also in Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami, and Paul Reiki in Sound of Metal. Ben, I think you, I think you forgot um, James Corden in Prom, oh, but gosh. personally, that would have been my pick if he was in here, but unfortunately, he wasn't. Wasn't Cats a 2020 award, too? No, that uh, one's... That, that was last came year, out, I think. That came out in 2019, I think. All right, who cares? I <laughs> wish it was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, my um, J.K. Simmons in any Damien Chazelle film um, is going to Daniel Kalula. Uh, I think it's so odd that he, both him and Lakeith are supporting actors, so like, there's really no lead. But if it came down to it, uh, the two of them with the less screen time, Kalula is the true lead in this film. Uh, he demands attention whenever he's on the screen. The stoicism he exudes well past the age of the character he's playing is awe-inspiring. He plays a charismatic leader who commands a civil rights group just as well as he does the attention of the viewer. And he truly shows hope and strength uh, of which the film takes the wind completely out of you when he's executed. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything that you said about that in there where I think honestly he was the lead actor and I don't know how they necessarily determined that if it's on behalf of the if it's on behalf of the Oscars uh, where they determine like if they're a lead or if they're a supporting but I thought that was my one of my favorite performances of his ever Alex yes so my J.K. Simmons and any Damien Chazelle Award for Best uh, Actor in a Supporting Role at the 2021 First Annual Turbies goes to Daniel Kaluuya, Juice and the Black Messiah. I think, hot take, if he was in the Best Lead Actor category, I would pick him as the Best Lead Actor. I think Kaluuya's performance um, is the best performance of the entire year. Leading, supporting, whatever, male, female, it's the best performance of the year. It's so convincing. It's so realistic. It's so real. It's so raw. This is a this is a runaway with this award. I don't even see anyone coming close to being second to this award. You know, this was he was incredible in this movie. He was what made this movie so watchable. It wasn't a bad film, but his performance made the move made the entire movie. Lakeith was really good in it too. I'm a huge Lakeith Stanfield fan. He probably was the main character. Daniel Kaluuya took this took every attention anybody was watching this film when he was on it. He was so good in this movie. This is this is an easy award for me. I, I don't know how you can pick otherwise. That's fair. Yeah. Well, here I am to pick otherwise. My oh. Simmons in a Damien Chazelle film award goes to Sacha Baron Cohen. Cohen oh. saved one of the most unique roles of his life for the hit film directed by Aaron Sorkin. Cohen plays a hippie. That is portrayed mostly to be aloof and a loser for the entire film. And he shows that to be completely untrue as he takes the stand in what was my favorite scene in cinema this entire year. Cohen shows a tremendous delivery with tactics, also from the help of incredible dialogue from Aaron Sorkin. And this one could have gone either way for me, but mainly I gave Cohen my Turby because he had the most impactful scene by any actor in my most impactful film of the year. So I'm going to give it 
to Sacha Baron Conan. Wow. Well, Jake's kicked off the pot. That's the upset. (laughs) (laughs) What is your rebuttal against that, Alex? Uh, I think Cohen's really, really good in Charlie Chicago 7. I'm going to give it the same argument I did for picking Riz Ahmed over uh, Chadwick Boseman. I don't think you can judge a whole performance off one scene. I think you, if you're going to pick a best, you have to take it as a whole. As a whole, I think Kaluuya had a better performance, even if Cohen had a better single, singular scene than you know Kaluuya's best scene. So that's my, my rebuttal, uh, my argument against it, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was definitely good. It wasn't something that you'd normally expect from Borat and the guy who plays Bruno. Mm-hmm. But I thought that, yeah, I mean, he definitely like nailed it home. And um, he exuded this false persona for a strong amount of the film. But then slowly as the film moved on, he realized that he's smarter than people give him credit for. And he really proves it at the end. He wins the Jonah Hill and Moneyball Award for comedy actor doing a good, serious performance. And honestly, I think the main reason... Because I was so torn between Cohen and Kaluuya. And I think that my deciding tiebreaker was what film was more impactful for me. And I completely thought that Kaluuya stole every single scene that he was in. And I feel the same way about Cohen. And I just think that the story in The Trial of the Chicago 7 resonated with me more than it did in The Judas and the Black Messiah. So that was... That this truly was a coin flip decision for me. That's mm. totally fine. So moving on to our next category, which is the Nate Magic Award going to the Best Supporting Actress. The nominations in this category are... Uh, there we go. Maria Bakalova in Borat, subsequent movie film. Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman in The Father... Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and Ya Jung Joon in Minari. Ben, we're going to go to you first. All right. My pick for the Nathan Mogollion's Best Supporting Actress Award um, is going to Olivia Coleman from The Father. I think the mix of strain and pain in her performance as she tries to grasp and hold on to her father is devastating. Um, and is deteriorating... St- his deteriorating state is too much for her, her as she is helpless in this internal battle between providing and being there for her parent or being able to move on and let him live alone while he'll, where he'll be safe. Um, obviously, I don't think that sums up the performance well enough. I kind of fumbled it around there or, or it doesn't make tons of sense, but it's indicative of the emotional confusion that she experiences throughout the film. Mr. Powell. Uh, yeah, so this one, a lot like your last one, Jake, was a, kind of a coin flip for me. Um, but my uh, Nathan Mogulines Award for Best uh, Supporting Actress, uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role at the 2021 First Annual Turbies goes to uh, Yo Jung Yoon. I hope I pronounced that right from Minari. Um, I thought she was incredible in this. I didn't know I didn't know who she was going into this. What makes personally for me, I have trouble. Like, uh, if I see Jonah Hill in multiple movies, I have trouble seeing <laughs> anything other than Jonah Hill. You know what I'm saying like that? Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. know who Ye Jung uh, Yoon was going into this. So, for me, I was watching a real married couple. You know, I knew who Steven Yin was, but I was watching a real husband and wife argue. And her, prepare, her performance was very, very convincing to me. Being a Korean immigrant in America, really having to live in this place you're not familiar with. You know, they moved from California to nowhere, Arkansas. 
and you see the struggle and the wear and tear it's affecting on her, you know, personality and her marriage and whatever you, you see, it's a very convincing performance showing how hard this is for an immigrant family to move from one state to the other in two completely different places. And I think she just killed it in the role, did absolutely everything she could to make this just an incredible performance. And it, it was one that made the movie so convincing for me, Minari. Um, that being said, Olivia Coleman and the father is a strong second. I, I thought she was incredible in this. Once again, it's a very, very convincing performance where I believe she has, she is the daughter of a, of a man with Alzheimer's and she's struggling to deal with it. Um, this is a toss up to me, but at the end of the day, I think I got to go with the uh, Yejung Yoon once again, hope I'm pronouncing that right, but, uh, that's it for me. Yep. And my Nate magic award is going to Olivia Coleman. For me, easily the most unique film of the year. One of the most unique I've ever seen called for a very unique performance that was needed. A role that couldn't have been easy to comprehend in any way by Coleman was killed by her, in my personal opinion. The way that she shows a clear lifelong relationship that is being forgotten in the moment is heartbreaking and raw, and it felt like I was watching it happen in real life. Her relationship with Hopkins seems real, not forced, not dramatized for the big screen, and her chemistry with him is something that was just beyond measure. And it honestly just made me heartbroken for Coleman's character as it wasn't exactly Coleman the entire time. So my Nate Magic Award is going to Olivia Coleman. Great choice. I don't think there's too much debate about this one because no. I felt I felt very strongly about Coleman's performance and all the others I thought were without a doubt good. But as I read through the list, Coleman's just in specific stood out to me a ton. That's fair. So our next award is going to be the Hired Worker Award. I'm a family man. Going to the best film editing. So the nominees and the, I believe it would be the editor, I'm going to read off, is The Father, and the editing was done by Yorgos Lamprinos. Nomadland done by the director Chloe Zhao. Promising Young Woman, Frederick Thorval. Sound of Metal, Mikkel E.G. Nielsen, and finally, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Alan Baumgarten. Ben, we'll go to you first. All right, Jake. Um, my Hired Worker Award is going to Yorgos Lamprinos for The Father. Um, personally, uh, it struck me instantly while I was watching it. I thought the editing in The Father was excellent. Uh, his strategic placement of cuts gave us the same sense of disorientation as Antony as we'd lose track of our surrounding within the new angles and the new environments, which would sprout up at the turn of every camera angle. But I thought that his knowledge of when to cut and when not to cut, specifically when Anthony was lost in the kitchen, really enhanced the alternative outlook that this film was trying to portray. Alex, your hired worker award. Yes. So my hired worker award going to the uh, film. So my award, my hired worker award going to the motion picture of the best film editing at 2021 first annual Turvies goes to the father by uh, Yorgos Lamprinos. Um, second to everything Ben just said, uh, as a very forgettable film, I think personally, while you're in watching it, you really are appreciating how good and how well crafted it is. I think that stems from the film editing where it's hard. You do really, uh, dementia is one of those things where you really don't, 
understand what it is unless you're a person with it. And I think this is as close as we can get to visually seeing a representation of dementia on the big screen. And I think that's a big part of uh, Yorgos Lamprinos's uh, editing throughout the whole picture. There's only like two or three settings in this entire film. And while they are familiar, they also feel so unfamiliar at the same time. And I think it's due to the editing by Lamprinos. He is a masterful job by him. There's a lot of good categories here. I think that one specifically stands out to me. Sound of Metal is really close, and Nomad Land's really close, and even Promising Young Woman's really good in this too. Um, I, I don't think there's a single wrong answer with this pick, but I'd have to go with the father personally. So my Turby for the Hired Worker Award going to the best editing and emotion picture is also going to the father with editing done by Yorgos Lamprinos. The seamless transition of portraying dementia from the perspective of the affected was a task that could have gone either way. Lamprinos did an incredible job of using cuts to make us feel disoriented in a singular setting that was always changing. Switching out actors and actresses mid-film is a somewhat impossible task, but he did it in a way that left you disoriented on edge, but most importantly, it left you impacted. So, the first ever sweep at the Turbies is done by Yorgos Lamprinos. Congratulations. So, our next category and final before we get into the biggest category of the night is the Film Bro Award going to the best cinematography. The nominations in this category are as follows. Junus and the Black Messiah with cinematography done by Sean Bobbitt. Mank done by Eric Mesmershit. Uh, <laughs> I completely botched that. Messerschmitt. Nailed it. Messerschmitt. News of the World done by, gosh, Darius. How, how do you spell Darius with an S and a Z? He's probably Russian or something. Darius. Walski. Nomadland, done by Joshua James Richards in Trial of the Chicago 7, done by Feedin Papa Michael. Like me some Papa Michael. Nailed it. Ben? Okie dokie. Um, my uh, film bro award for best cinematography is going to Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. Uh, I think that Nomadland makes the best of its plentiful canvas of wide shot glory within the American Midwest. That sentence didn't make any sense. But the camera is close and shaky within the unstable living areas of the vans and campsites in which they live, but expands to breathtaking distances when taking in the wides of the American landscape. In the desert and the badlands, following a van into the mountains, this film has many this film has many gorgeous MacBook wallpaper wallpapers for people who wear way too much Carhartt. There's no such thing as too much Carhartt. Yeah, yeah. Either a Carhartt guy <laughs> or not. You just exposed both of yourselves. I've never worn Carhartt in my life. But Alex? Uh, yeah, so my... Uh, what's the word called again? What do we call this word? Oh, this the is- Film Bro. My Film Bro Award for Best Cinematography and a film at the 2021 First Annual Turby Awards goes to Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. Um, I... I've said, I said a lot about this in the film. Every shot's incredible in this. She, there's so many states they go to, like the Dakotas, Nevada. Um, I think they're like in the south, like Arkansas or something at one point, Arizona. Like they go to so many states where the landscape is so beautiful. And, you know, Joshua James Richards does a good job of really showing how beautiful this natural landscape is and how pretty our country can be, really. 
and how being a nomad, albeit you don't have a home, a solid home or a house or whatever, like it's not all that bad because you get to see all these like incredible places, experience all these, you know, experiences, meet all these people. And I think the movie really showcases how beautiful this country can be and how being a nomad can almost be an adventure in a way. And how these people's lives, you know, are always changing where wherever they're at. It's not changing in a bad part. Like they're not in, you know, a Topeka, Kansas Walmart parking lot, man. They're like in these like reservations and like the park, national parks of Arizona. And it's just, and it, it showcases this country up beautifully, makes me want to visit all these states. And it's, it was incredible. It caught it. You know, if you get bored by the Nomadland story, just the visuals itself are going to keep you engaged. And I think um, that's a big good job to Joshua James Richards for that. So. Nice. And my film bro award for best cinematography is going to Eric Mezer Schmidt in Mank. I know. Surprise. I thought as boring as I thought Mank was, the cinematography to portray a film that was supposed to take place in the 1930s and 40s, I thought was the best work of any cinematographer this entire year. I thought that the way that it used black and whites to portray such a time period was not just a film that was in black and white. Every shot in every single scene was planned out as far as the... like just super bright whites and the super dark blacks, I thought just made the entire depressing film more engaging. And honestly, I, I didn't find find the film that engaging if it weren't for the cinematography. So I thought that the cinematography done by uh, Messer Schmidt and also I would assume David Fincher is my pick for the Film Bro Cinematography Award for this year. That's a really good pick, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> And that's probably the most film bro-y pick there is possible. <laughs> the story sucked. The, the the story was boring, but... It's cinema- black and white, and it looks cool. Incredible, yeah. And finally, the best for last, the best picture uploaded at 3 a.m. with one view. I say, as I'm crying... That's the name of the award. Saying this award, the award for the best motion picture of the year. And I know this is what everyone is here for. In this film, we're going to stretch it out like the Oscars do. We're going to just stretch it out over hours. But we're yes. going to read through them. And we've actually reviewed every single film in this category. So go ahead and listen to all those before you watch the Oscars on Sunday. But the first one is The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Ben, where's your pick at? Um, before Ben goes, I want to say, if you uh, once again plug the Turbo Team pod on Twitter, we have a whole thread of um, links to all the Best Picture nominee episodes. So go ahead, Ben. That was a great plug, Alex. I always got to plug the Twitter. All right. Um, well, yeah. Got to turn myself up there for a sec. Um, the super long, um, video that was uploaded at 3am with one like, and, uh, am crying during a uh, best picture award is going to trial the Chicago seven. Okay. 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 I know this is highly regarded Help as count. 
Stop the count. As the worst pick among the other ones here and a lot of film bros on Twitter. And I'm sorry to film aficionado letterbox, but this is what I chose. I enjoyed all of what we had watched uh, this past season in varying degrees, taking something away from each of them. The father, Judas, Minari, promising young women all made an impact with their messages. But when it came down to it, um, my dumb faux film bro brain really enjoyed the Chicago 7 the most. It was full of whipcrack Sorkin dialogue and writing, which I always love, specifically that bit with the egg. Um, excellent performances and an education on the Vietnam War and a perspective I had not seen and has sparked interest in for myself. Um, I don't care what the Rotten Tomato score is on all of these. Uh, this is the film that I watched three times in a row and enjoyed myself the most during. Yeah, Ben, well, I'm, I'm sure you'll see in a couple minutes, but I'm very excited about that pick fight the terrible Uh-oh. Rotten Tomato score. But first, Alex, do you want to give your best picture uploaded at 3 a.m. with one view award for the best motion picture? Yes. So my best picture uploaded at 1 a.m. At, at 1 a.m. with one view or at 6 a.m. with one view award for best uh, picture at the 2021 first annual Turbies goes to. It should not be a shocker to anyone. It's Nomadland. Um, I love this film. Easily my favorite, favorite film of the year. A lot of good films on this list. A lot of that I'm going to remember for a while. Um, not Mank. Fuck Mank. Um, <laughs> but No Man Land, I've already said everything again. I'm just repeating myself at this point. Everything about this movie is incredible. The story, the acting, the cinematography, the editing, the direction, everything about it. And the music, everything about it's incredible. I'm, I'd recommend this film to anybody, no matter who you are. It's an eye-opening film. Makes you think a little bit differently about how you're living your life. Um, it's incredible. It, Francis McNorman kills it. Uh, Chloe Zhao is phenomenal. This is like her first big movie, and she knocked it out of the park. So it was incredible. You know, I, I I don't have much more to say about it. So nice. And my best picture uploaded at three AM with one view award is going to trial the trial of the Chicago Seven. Directed by Aaron Sorkin. And for me, this is a film that captures the unique history of a story within the Vietnam War that isn't really taught in school at all. I didn't know any of this story until I saw this film. Sacha Baron Cohen's performance is rightfully raved upon by everyone, playing one of the best and most impactful characters of the entire year. The dialogue written by Sorkin is some of the most realistic and sharp dialogue ever for a court case and easily the best in this year's bunch of films. The impact it makes in comparison to the events that are still happening in modern America were a depressing but eye-opening perspective on how little America has changed from their unrightful and unjust ways of the 60s. Overall, this film was easily my favorite of the year, the most impactful, and my most fun to watch. The Trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> nice there you go those are the first ever turbies we'll be back the exact same time and date next year <laughs> for turbies but until uh, then a yeah. much more sig- insignificant award show which is called the oscars or something like that are taking oh, yeah. place on sunday night and they have Similar nominations and whatnot. Just kidding. They've got the exact same nominations, and we're going to go through those exact same categories and just give our quick little prediction and just a blurb on why we think 
that this film's going to win. And just a clarification, this is not who we want to win, but this is just realistically who we think is going to win. So we're going to go in the same exact order. Uh, you should be able to remember the nominees, but the Caleb went, I guess, never mind. Uh, the award for best actor in a leading role. Ben, who's your prediction for this one? Who do I think is going to win it all? Yep. Oh, baby. Uh, I feel like it's going to go to Chadwick, honestly. I feel like the posthumous aspect will definitely play a favor or play a major part in him getting it. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's Chadwick. Yeah, I think it's Chadwick's to lose. Um, Whoa. Certainly, <laughs> certainly tragic. He's dead, so. Yeah, his, <laughs> he's his worried death, about that. Can't get canceled or anything. His death plays a huge part in um, making this his role more impactful. So I think that's going to resonate, resonate more with reviewers and voters. So I think Chadwick's in a pretty good position to win. Uh, the best lead actress. Um, for this one. Say best lead actress. Yeah. Yeah. I think Francis McDormand. Uh, Andre Day might. I feel like it's either going to be Francis or Andre Day. I would agree with that. I I need to watch United States with Billy Holiday, but I wouldn't be surprised. I heard she's really good. All I've heard about that movie is that she carries it. So mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think Francis is going to win just because I think, never mind, never mind, spoiler for later in the show. Um, I think that Nomadland is going to have a good day at the awards, and I think that McDormand's performance is probably the most memorable for most for most voters. Um, the best male in a supporting role prediction, Ben? Oh, I have to start it. Um Actor in a supporting role. Dang, bro. You caught me. I think it's going to be Daniel Kaluuya. I'll take it away from Ben. Thank you. I think it's going to be Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I think he usually has the best uh, performance on this entire list. Like I said in my my personal pick, I don't think it's going to be close. So I think it's going to be Kaluuya. I'll agree with that. I think it's Kaluuya too. That's fair. Um, Yeah. I agree. There's no really competition. And there's not much debate just because we aren't really the voters. So yeah, it's more just looking at past years and just kind of judging what we've seen on social media and what we've seen on um, film reviews. The best supporting actress, I think, is going to go to... Um, gosh, what's her name? I got to pull up the, the nomination. From, from what movie? So I think it's going to go to yeah. Olivia Col- Olivia Coleman from The Father. Personally, yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to go to Amanda Seyfried. I I would not be surprised. Really, I I had it going either to Olivia Coleman or um Yoon Hyun. I think those could be the two options. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly don't have too much reasoning behind that. That's just kind of my <laughs> reaction. Mm-hmm. We'll see who's right. Eh? Um. For best editing, I think it's easily going to be The Father. I think it was the most unique film of the year. And uh, in retrospect to like how important the editing was to the film, I don't even think that it's close. Like The Father wouldn't have been the same movie if that if if it was edited in any different way. 
I agree. It really drives it home. I would agree. All around, yeah. Another round. Last week on the <laughs> podcast. That was our, up our for, choice uh, for the best international film. That's up for best directing, too, actually. Fun fact. Thomas Vinterberg. Thanks for the fun fact. Yeah, I just saw it. I was like, okay, hey, might as well tell the people about it. People got to know. The best cinematography? I honestly have no clue who's going to win this. I think it's going to be Nomadland. I think it's going to be pretty uh, pretty easy. I wouldn't say it's easy, but like, I mean, I believe that that's what it would be, too. Just because I feel like they really just nailed it with that. And if my two co-hosts think so, I'll, I'll think so, too. We'll, we'll have another round, yeah. Shut up. I'll, I'll go with Nomadland. Uh, my personal pick, of course, would be Mank, but Nomadland was also very beautiful, and the cinematography was a huge part in the experience in that movie. Cool. And then, finally, I think this is going to be a sweep for who we think is going to win the best motion picture. I'll let you go first, Ben. Oh, dang. Uh, what I think is going to win best motion picture... Once again, you caught me slacking. I don't know. Okay. For best picture, this is kind of a hard one because I feel like it could go in lots of different ways. Because what won the Golden Globe again? Was it? It was Minari. Oh, was it Minari? No, it wasn't Minari. That was best international one. Okay. It was Nomadland, correct? Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. I feel like, okay. Yeah. I feel like it's just going to be Nomadland again. Um, As much as. I appreciate all of the other films on here. It seems like sort of like a clear favorite among a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. I uh, so, I would agree. I think it's going to be Nomadland. I think it's rightfully deserved. I know you guys kind of preferred Trial of Chicago 7, but I think it's rightly deserved. I think every nomination this is up for, for the most part, I think it deserves to win. So, Yeah, I think for me, I, it's Nomadland and a runaway. And that's mainly just because before the film... Like before the the moment the trailer was released, it just seemed to have that aroma around it that like it was the favorite for best picture, and that was because most people who vote on this stuff had already seen it, um, and it just kind of always seemed like it was the runaway favorite. And I have no insight to Hollywood or anything like that, but just everything that I've heard on Twitter and every review that I've seen from major people that I watch or read. Um, they've leaned Nomadland, so I think that Nomadland's going to win the 2021 Oscar for Best Picture. Wow. And a- another prediction that I have is that we're going to end this podcast shortly. We want to thank you <laughs> for tuning in to the first ever Turbies, and Alex has... So I actually have another award for us. This award goes to best PR intern of the Turbo Team podcast, and I have the winner on the phone right now, <laughs> Isaac Dyke. You are the winner of the 2021 best inter- PR intern of the Turbo Team podcast. How do you feel? Um, I don't feel like there was a really big running for this, but I still think that I deserve it. Um, I put my my heart out for the Turbo Team podcast. Um, oh, that's all we have for your second. All right, that's Isaac. it. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you. All right, so that does it for this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Enjoyed the Oscars. I'd also like to thank the people. We forgot to celebrate it last month, but we officially hit one year on the Turbo Team Podcast. I thought we wouldn't make it past three episodes, but yeah, here we are, fucking 50 episodes in. So thank you, everyone, for the support. Thanks for tuning in, and have a good night. 
We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.